0: To see you. I am, uh, I'm glad you all came back for week number two and Watch Our Mouth series. Um, if you want to turn to Ephesians, uh, I'd appreciate that. Ephesians chapter 5. We'll get started there in just a moment. For those of you that do not know, um, or maybe weren't here last week, we started a new sermon series called Watch Your Mouth. And uh, after last week, I—I I don't know about you—if you were here, um, man—I have had a rough, rough week. I—I I guess I say things that I should not say more often than I thought I should or do did. Anyway, um, it, it's been—it's been quite the adventure uh, this week. Just trying to hold my tongue and to uh, to watch what I say and, and how I say it and. What information I give or should give or should not give. Um, I, I hope it was uh, productive for you as well. I will call that productive, okay, as hard as that was. Um, and, and last week we set up just w- watching our mouths and and wanting to to desire to, um, to, to know the tongue is powerful, right? We talked about that last week. The tongue has a lot of power, and we talked about the fact that the heart actually is what instructs the tongue. So um, although the tongue has power, like, yeah, I know my words can hurt, um, but it also reveals what's really in the heart and where our heart is, and that was kind of a rough thing. But then we talked about uh, the idea of being wise, just, just really using wisdom. And, um, and today we're going to dive into that a little bit uh, b- bit deeper. Um, really what we're going to be doing uh, today is looking at, and the sermon title is, Be Careful What You Say. Be careful what you say. You guys remember the, the song we'd sing as children, right? Be careful little ears what you hear, right? Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful mouth what you say. For the Father up above, he is looking down with love, so be careful little... Eyes, what you see, or mouth, what you say. Uh, it's kind of what we're talking about today. Be careful what we say. Uh, it's so important, though, this idea of careful. And, and really what we set this up last week with is a verse out of uh, Matthew chapter 12. We'll see it in a few minutes. Was that we will give an account for every careless word that we speak. Every careless word that we speak. Uh, so if we will give an account for careless words, then we ought to be What? careful, right? Full of care in what we say. So that's, that's what we're going to build on today. And what I realized about this is I, I thought through, you know, I gave you a list of all the things that we'll be talking about, right? Gossip and slander and sarcasm and boasting and flattery and lies and, and, and filthy talk and all of those. We'll be talking about all of those things. But careless talk is what is at the root of all of it. Because really, if we, we begin to speak that way, or if we do speak that way to one another, we are not being careful in what we say. We are being actually careless. So today we're going to be looking at uh, being careful at what we say. We're going to be in Ephesians 5, beginning at verse 15 in just a moment. I'll pray, and then we'll we'll read the scripture. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace. God, we thank you that we can come together today to be fed from your word and and from your spirit. God, I I know that this last week has been difficult for me personally, just, just as I have desire to let you renew my heart and my mind in Christ, to let you be the one that guides what comes out of my lips. And God, how many times I know that I have failed this week. And, uh, but God, thank you for the victories also, the realization that, that what is coming out of my mouth stems from what's in my heart. So God, as we come to you today, we desire that you would change our heart. You would change the words that come out of our mouth so that we would, would honor you with what we say. We would uh, be respectful to others with what we say. God, our desire is to look more like Jesus, to sound more like Jesus, to love like Jesus. Help us today, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. We're in Ephesians chapter 5. I'm just going to read 15 through 21 today together. Pay careful attention then to how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and submitting to one another in the fear of Christ." This is God's Word. Well, today we're going to look at being careful what we say. Being careful what we say. And uh, we'll break this down into three different components, looking through the Ephesians 5 passage and many others as well. Uh, it turns out there's a lot in the Proverbs that has to do with how we speak and uh, the Psalms. So uh, number one is this. If we, if we want to be careful what we say, then, then we, know, we need to know that careful talk is not quick or out of place. Careful talk is not quick or out or out of place. In our scripture today from uh, chapter five, verse fifteen, it says, pay careful attention, this carefulness, right? We want to live carefully. Take care of what we say, take care of how we live. Be careful then. How you walk, and I would add how you talk, right? Not as unwise people, but as wise making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So there is this, this sense here that there is wisdom, a way to be wise with what we say and what we do, and there is the way to be unwise, or f- we are foolish in what we say and what we do. So we're going to look at that more in depth today, and that really is what it is. The careless speech we have is foolish, and the careful speech we have is then wise. So, so don't be foolish, he says in verse 17, but understand what the Lord's will is. What is that? Well, don't be drunk by wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. So you and I ought to be controlled by the Spirit of God in the way we live, and in that means in the way that we talk as well. So again, there is the wise and there is the fool. In that passage, there are several things that indicate the fool. The fool is unwise. Go figure, right? The opposite of wise. The fool is unwise. The fool is reckless. We see the word reckless there. The fool is foolish, right? The fool is drunk or un- not, doesn't have self-control. Or those, are, those are all things that, that show the fool. And when you and I attribute those words to us as in our speech, are we reckless in what we say? Are we, are we uh, foolish in what we say? Are we unwise? Are we drunk in what we say? Not only inebriated in the mind, but is what comes out of our mouth lacking self-control? Right? So wh- that's unwise. Now, the wise is also labeled there. And here's the, here's the attributes of the wise. We see the wise are careful. They make the most of the time. They understand what the Lord's will is. So they, they seek to know and have knowledge from what the Lord's will is. They, they are filled and controlled by the Spirit of God. So those are our two uh, opposites today, the fool and the wise, when we talk about carelessness and being careful, uh, it, it's in the same, same uh, avenue there. Uh, as we go on, and we look at that Matthew chapter 12, you can turn there if you'd like or, or just uh, listen to it, but we understand that as we think about wise and unwise, if we are, are going to be unwise in what we say, reckless and foolish with what we say, uh, we have to remember and understand, this is from last week as well, the scriptures say that the tongue produces what it is told to produce from the heart that when you and I are reckless in what we say, that when you and I are foolish in what we say, when you and I are lacking self-control in what we say, it is evidence of what is really going on in the heart. Jesus said it in Matthew 12, Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. He he chastises the leaders. He says, Brood of vipers, or sack of snakes. How can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. A good person produces good things from his storeroom of good, and an evil person produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to give an account for every careless word. Underline that in your Bible. Every careless word that they speak. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. It's as though it was a court trial, and and what you said was put on trial to reveal what you really believed in your heart. And that's what Scripture would say. So you and I are going to be judged based on what we say or how we say it. Is it foolishness or is it wise? What comes out of our mouths? Again, the, the tongue is what? The tattletale of the heart. The problem is this. When we talk about careless speech, what we're really talking about is really flippant speech. Quick speech, we just throw it out there and we're kind of careless with it. And, and, uh, and we make excuses. I don't know if you've ever made this excuse before. Um, don't raise your hand if you have because it's, it's not beneficial, right? Here's the excuses. Listen, I just tell it like it is. I mean, am I the only one that uses that, right? I just tell it like it is, right? What else? <laughs> this is the way God made me, right? Right? I wear my heart on my sleeve. Or I just talk a lot and and you know what? I just have this propensity to say things that people don't want to hear. And we say that as though, one, it's a good thing. And we say that, number two, as if we have permission to speak the way we speak. Like I'm on a mission from God to speak carelessly to other people. And that is not permissible at all. We should not be careless. It's just, I just tell it like it is. That's, that's the ways of the fool. The fool is the one who speaks that way. Uh, it should not, again, be quick or out of place, right? Uh, we're going to look at some Proverbs today. I'm going to read through some of these. Proverbs 10:23. A, a shameful conduct is pleasure for the fool. So shameful conduct is pleasure for the fool. It's like if I'm a fool, my conduct is going to be shameful. Do we understand that correlation? Okay? Uh, so is wisdom for a person of understanding. They, they go together. So if I'm a person of understanding, I'm going to be wise. If I have the facts, if I understand what we said in the, in the verse in Ephesians 5, understand what the Lord's will is, if I, if I contemplate those things, I will then act in wisdom. But if I'm a fool, my actions, my words, are actually going to be shameful conduct. They're going to be shameful conduct. Proverbs 12, 18 and 19. There is one who speaks rashly, right? That quick, flippantly, right? There was one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So when someone speaks rashly, it's like you just stab someone with a dagger. When you speak wisely, the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips, this is important. Truthful lips endure forever but a lying tongue only a moment. So we've talked about careful talk, and that needs to be not quick or out of place. Quick and out of place talk is, is harmful and hurtful to people. And, and if we look at this, truthful lips endure forever, a lying tongue only for a moment, uh, here's what this means. Uh, picture this and understand this. When I can speak from the depths of conviction in the heart by the Holy Spirit, informed by His Word, and when I speak in that way that's wise, and it's filled with love and gentleness and truth i can walk away from that conversation having been just and not have to worry about it anymore it's so freeing that when i share truth when i share what is true when i desire what is true not what is personal not what is what is maybe rash not what is foul not what is, is unjust not what is my own opinion But when I share what is true, I can walk away in comfort knowing that that will last and that will stand forever. But when I am rash, think about how this works, a lying tongue, when I lie to somebody or exaggerate or share my opinion that may have nothing to do with truth at all, when I walk away from that conversation, everything I said had power and it's doing something probably to the other person, but we left it sit there. And it just fizzles. And when we walk away, what we understand is, I've got a lot to do and a lot of ways to behave and a lot more now to say in order to make that stand tall. I have to do extra work, extra line, extra things to cover that, to promote and and to to give myself permission to continue that way. We we do that so often, right? It's a simple thing. Like when I tell the truth, I don't have to worry about what did I tell. Right? When you tell a lie... It's like, wait, what lie did I tell that person? Wait, what lie did I tell that person? What did I tell that person? How do I, how do I maintain that lie? That's exhausting, right? That's exhausting. And, and, and that lying lips, lying tongue only lasts a moment. Because you're going to forget, and I'm going to forget, and we're going to be in, just in a bad place. But truthful lips endure forever. Proverbs 13, every sensible person acts knowledgeably. A sensible person acts knowledgeably. But A fool displays his stupidity a fool displays his stupidity when I'm foolish I put it out on display through my words how many times I have wished I could have caught myself before I started speaking right someone as a pastor it's like I'm a teacher I should I should know the Bible inside and out so someone asks hey what what does this mean oh well I just let me tell you I just start right in because I should know I just oh here and like wait no sorry I, I I've apologized several times sorry I shouldn't have spoke so soon I'm really not sure what that exactly means. I would guess maybe this. I would think maybe this, but I probably should read something, study it, and come back to you. That's, that's the more appropriate conversation to have. Because if I just spout it off like I know it, I am behaving as though I am a fool. You see, that's careless talk. That had no care in it. I wasn't being careful with it. Proverbs 18, two. A fool versus the wise, right? A fool... Does not delight in understanding. So we know the wise would then delight in understanding. A fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. I, it's just the word, sorry, it's the word of God. I know it hurts because it hurts me. A fool wants to show off his opinions. That's careless speech. We gotta be careful not to be quick or, or have speech that's out of place. And then you're like, well, Brandon, come on, just don't be so serious about this stuff. I, most of the things I say flippantly are just lighthearted. It's, it's totally a joke. I'm just messing around. Proverbs 26. Like a madman who throws flaming darts and deadly arrows, that's the, that's the analogy, so is the person who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Careless speech. We, we, we cover our careless speech with joking, don't we? Oh, I, I wasn't serious. Ha, ha, ha. And, and listen, I, I think as we go through this series, we're going to see that there's, there's a totally appropriate time for beneficial sarcasm. Uh, it, totally, it is. It, th- but there's absolutely sinful sarcasm. Amen? Right. And, and when, when I'm speaking in a joking way that is going to hurt somebody else, it's not a joke. It's behaving as though I am a fool and I am being careless with what I say. And I should not be doing that. Ephesians 5, 4. Obscene and foolish talking or crude joking are not suitable, but rather giving thanks. First part of Colossians 3, verse 8. But now put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. I want to stop there for a minute because I think what, what we anticipate in coming into a sermon like this is, okay, Brandon, give, give us the, the do's and don'ts here. I, I would really love to have a list so I can follow that to the T. Right? I want you to follow Jesus is what I want you to do. I want you to be led by his spirit. I want to be led by his spirit. I don't want to have a list to have to obey. Now, certainly we have rules and there are guidances in our scripture. We see it just right there. Things were named. But if you think that you can just leave this room and say, if I don't say another four-letter word all week long, I will have been a good Christian. Maybe you just didn't speak what you were really thinking. But your thoughts are still coming from here. right? So it's not enough just to check off the list. So we talk about what, what are careless things. Because it was interesting, I had a conversation, a couple of them this week, talking about Careless talk, like joking, right? Joking and jest that really puts somebody down. Maybe raunchy jokes we're talking about, filthy language, rude humor, right? That's meant just to, to be calloused and it's just flipping out there. Uh, may, swear words, just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna cuss like a sailor every other word and, and say those things. And we say, oh, those are, those are, it's okay, no big deal. It's what the culture does. Is that the excuse we wanna use? Is that, how, is that what you wanna live by? I live like the culture. I'm like everybody else. I, I think working in law enforcement years ago, I chose not to swear. I, d- I didn't want to do that. A lot of people do, and there were even Christians who worked in there saying, listen, you've got you to use a good swear word. You've got to get compliance. You've got to do that. I like to get compliance through respecting people. I mean, I, I, I can still tackle them if they don't, right? <laughs> but I don't need to tackle them with my mouth and put them down. But do, do you like that? Do you, like to, do you comply with people who swear at you? Do you feel good about yourself and okay with the other person when you get just a barrage of cuss words? Do you? No, right? No, we don't. Do you feel like you are a little more sensible to comply with someone or, or to listen when someone treats you with respect and dignity? Even, even or especially when you don't deserve it, you know you don't deserve it? Yeah, absolutely, right? Well, there's a place where it's calculated. So I'm, listen, I'm not ta- today I'm talking about careless speech. So when I understand we talk about swearing, or rude humor, or we talk about uh, anger and things like that. There are all kinds of things. Today is about just stopping it before it comes out. Like, don't be careless with it. And and again, analyzing and and asking God for a new heart. But I think there are totally ways that people will be angry, or slanderous, or they will swear. And it was not flippant at all. In fact, there is a time and place where it is absolutely calculated. Like, I will use this word. I will use this phrase. I will, I will dig deep with this. And that's, a, that's the next couple sermons we'll talk about. Right? Today is just that, that uncalculated, flippant remark. The, the thing that you and I do, we just are careless with our speech. And I know it's difficult, right? I know it's difficult because we have patterns of behavior. The best thing to do as you start to sort this out is just be quiet, right? Shut the mouth, close the mouth, let, let the word stay in and think about what, it, wait, well, I was just gonna say what? And rethink about what I'm going to say. So, we're not careless with what we say. So, that, that's, that's all. That's rude humor. That's, that's our, our, our swearing. That's our foul language. We just had that list there, right? Foolish talking, crude joking, uh, anger, malice, wrath, slander, filthy language. Those are, and there's more. There's way more lists in the scriptures. But, but those are the things we do. We say carelessly and, and flippantly. Here's, here's a question we should ask ourselves. When, we, when it comes to these words, because you might still be like, Brandon I, I don't know, I, I want to have a talk with you later about those things because I think there might be a place for them. Oh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm open to talk. But here's the question I want to ask you first before we talk. Can you ask your, your own heart this question? What is in my heart that it overflows with profanity and foul talk? If you can answer that question first, then we can talk. Because I think if we really ask that question of ourselves, if we really answer that question of ourselves, we may not need to have a conversation. The conversation might need to be between me and Jesus, not you and me. Now, I'm still open for conversation if you want to have a conversation. Colossians, Paul goes on, he says, So put away these things, and he says, Do not lie to one another, since you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self you understand there's an old and new person involved when we come to faith in Christ? That that if you're behaving in the same way today that you were when you were a teenager before you knew Christ, is anyone new? Are you really new? I, I mean, what I've seen of Jesus and the Spirit of God, when, when the Spirit indwells someone who comes to repentant faith in Christ, that person begins to produce a fruit consistent with the fruit of the Spirit. And more and more, the old person just fades away and they don't look like that anymore. So when we ask that question, what in my heart is, is making it that it overflows of profanity? One of those answers might be, I may not be new in Christ. I may never have actually come to a real regenerate relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and if that's the question, then get to your knees and figure that out with Jesus. He died for those sins. In fact, I want you to think of this. If we think that, you know, it's okay here and there, it's kind of cultural, it's accepted in culture, it's, it's just part of life, this is what happens, we swear once in a while, or we tell that joke, or, or we, you know, we roll our eyes at this or that. Do you understand that those are the very things that nailed Jesus to the cross? Right? Those very things that we laugh at and entertain ourselves in Those sinful ways are the exact reason Jesus had to die on the cross. He died because of sin. Not that we could laugh at the sin and let sin rule in our hearts and and use it all the more. No. Paul would say, may it never be that way. God's grace is sufficient to clean you and to clean me and to make us new so we should be new and not drag Jesus back to the cross day in and day out with the way we act and the way that we talk. Careless speech is exactly what Jesus died for. We ought to be careful in what we say, careful in what we do. Careful talk is not quick or out of place. How do we start this change of the heart? Well, I kind of said it earlier. Here's Ecclesiastes 5. Do not be hasty to speak. Don't be hasty to speak. And do not be impulsive to make a speech before God. God is in heaven and you on earth, so let your words be few. Don't be hasty to speak. Let your words be few. That's how we start. I mentioned that earlier, right? If I really got to think about this this week and kind of analyze what's in my heart, I I might as well just be quiet for most of it. Let my words be few. We saw it last week in James. What did James encourage us? My dear dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Why? For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. God's righteousness. You, God's righteousness comes out of a renewed new heart in you and me when we trust Christ. We, I, I want that to be seen. I want Christ's righteousness not to, or to be seen, N- not, not obscenities, not sinful speech, not carelessness in what I say. I want his righteousness to be seen. So what should we do? Be quiet. Right, Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to be angry. And that will help us achieve God's righteousness, this renewed life. And it's, you know where that starts? It starts in, when we quiet our heart. It's not, it's not just that I'm, I'm not speaking, it's that I'm actually quieting my heart. I'm thinking through, I'm reasoning through what is going on right here that needs to be changed so God can be honored. So careful talk is not quick or out of place. Number two, careful talk is seasoned with salt. Careful talk is seasoned with salt. So we saw our Ephesians passage. I'm going to look at Ephesians 5.19. Our speech should be speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. When we speak to one another, it is to be an encouragement. It is to be gospel speech. It is to be gospel speech. It is to be speech that will redeem Speech that will encourage, speech that will challenge our sin, speech that will challenge lies that we might be believing from Satan. That's the kind of speech we are to have to one another. Seasoned with salt. And you think about what we sing to one another. That's how we should speak to one another outside of this building as well. Singing the truths of the gospel to each other's hearts. Be careful. Careful talk is seasoned with salt. This is from Colossians chapter 4. Two through six, it says, devote yourself, and that that word devote is that being careful. Like I'm gonna, I need to be insistent here. I need to be intentional. Be careful, right? Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert. This is again, stay alert. Be careful. Be watchful. Don't don't be frivolous. Don't be flippant. Don't be just uncalculated. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert uh, in it, in in prayer with thanksgiving. That's the heart we ought to have, is a heart that says, I'm so thankful that Christ died for me. I'm so thankful that he's forgiven me. I'm so thankful that he's making me new day by day, even when it hurts or even when it makes me look different than the world around me. I'm going to pray and stay alert with thanksgiving. He says, at the same time, pray also for us. So he's, he's appealing to the Colossians, like, pray for us that God might open the door for us, uh, for the word, and, and, and that we would speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains, so I'll make it known as I should. Paul wanted, he's like, I, I want to share the words of Christ as, as so badly. And so just pray that, that I will have opportunities to do that, and I will do it right. I will speak well when I speak. Then he goes in verse 5, Act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. We heard that earlier in Ephesians 5. Make the most of the time. We have those opportunities to speak. By the way, having those opportunities doesn't mean we should always speak. Right? But we should think about that and stay alert and be prayerful. Act wisely, making the most of the opportunity. Then it says in verse six, let your speech always is the word here. Let your speech sometimes, let your speech mostly, let your speech when it's convenient. The answer is always. Let your speech always be gracious. Always be gracious. Seasoned with salt. So that you may know how you should answer each person. That, that does not say hey, be careless and, and beat somebody up with your words. That says when we are to speak, we are to be prayerful about it, and it should always be gracious. People, you and I, we we tend to think and judge our speech, our gracious speech, by our own measurement. Would you agree? I've had, how many times have I said it or heard it? I don't know what their problem is. I was, I was so gracious the way I spoke. Oh, so they have a problem with graciousness. I don't know about that. What, what's probably going on here? I, I'm the judge. I'm thinking I, I'm the one that's gracious. Of course I was gracious. It was their problem. Really, when graciousness is, is this. How did that person receive what I said? And I, it's, it's like shepherding, right? The idea of sh- a shepherd a pastor, or if you're in a home, you're shepherding your children, or you're shepherding hearts of people around you. It's not, it's not enough for you to just pummel them with facts and knowledge. It's a getting an understanding of where their heart is and speaking to and preaching to and praying towards their heart and helping them understand in graciousness the truths of God. So I, I, you and I cannot judge whether our, our speech was gracious, whether we thought it was gracious or not. We need to look somebody in the eyes and see how are they interpreting this as I speak. And if you're in that deer in the headlights look, you're getting that, like, that concern like, uh, this is an uncomfortable look, they're look, we need to stop and say, I'm sorry, I, I may be not communicating clearly here, and, and start again. Just because you and I think we're gracious does not mean we are speaking graciously. Then it says, seasoned with salt. Here, here's a difficulty in today's world. Like when we use that that kind of phrase, "season with salt," the idea of like, well, what are you gonna do? You're just gonna rub some what, salt in that wound, man. You're gonna rub some salt in that wound. What are we saying when we say that? What does that mean, man? You're making it worse. You're hurting me. Like I don't like that. That's not the intention, right? Do you remember in James when last week James uh, chapter 3 we went through the tongue it's like a, it's a fire right the tongue is like a rudder or a bit of a horse it's a little thing it does a big thing and it says it's like it's on, on fire from hell it's come straight from hell what we say and and it's like a it's like a poison salt is not like a poison right when we're talking about wounds we're talking about the body and and using words as though they are salt what does salt actually do what is it I, a lot good answers, right? Heals. It cleans. Sterilizes. It makes things better. Preserves. Those sound like good things to me. We use it in a negative way, don't we? Oh, you're just being salty today. We use that. That's, we use those terms, and they're 100% off. I would rather say, you're just being venomous today you're you're wanting to bite and introduce poison into something that's what that's what bad speech does bad speech is not salty good speech is it's it's given with graciousness and it's salt it preserves it heals it cleanses it brings life remember that life and death are in the power of the tongue so when we speak, speak to one another it's you don't don't speak how you think salty is right that's not what we should be doing. We should be speaking in graciousness, being seasoned with salt. You ever, you ever go to someone's house, probably my house, you come to my house and you eat, eat, the, eat the meat or the meal, and it's like, man, this is way too salty. You ever have that? I mean, there can be too much salt, right? We need to have that balance as well. So that's why the graciousness is there. It's balanced. It's like, and when we talk about seasoned with salt, we're talking about just enough just the right amount to enhance the flavor of the, of the beef or enhance the fa- flavor of the, the vegetable. I don't, I don't want to eat salt. I want to eat broccoli or hamburger, right? So that, that's the importance. It's seasoned with salt. And it comes out of graciousness. Careful talk is seasoned with salt. Salt heals, it preserves, it cleans. We saw last week Ephesians 4.29. What else does this look like? How do we speak to one another? What is careful talk? Ephesians 4:29 no foul language should come from your mouth. Is there any like wiggle room here? How much foul language should come from your mouth? No foul language, okay? But only what is good for something. Not just good, good for something for building up someone in need, that it gives grace to those who hear. That's what gracious speech is seasoned with salt. It builds up, it heals. Now, when, when I go you know, to the doctor, I got cut one time. I, I was building a, a little lean to metal building, right? And, and I've, I'm just, me and metal, sheet metal, don't go hand in hand. I've been cut so many times by that stuff. And I was on a rickety, no, I was on, I was on a sturdy ladder on a rickety hill. We'll call it that a rickety hill. And I was trying to put this thing together with a drill. I'm like, I almost got it. And of course, being, being a man and being proud, like I can finish this job. I just said, I'm not going to get down and move my ladder. I'm going to reach a little bit farther because I can reach it. And I did that. And the ladder that was solid on rickety hill went like this. And I knew, like, ah, uh, I need to do something. So I just, I jumped backwards off this ladder from about four rungs up. Not too bad. And I, I'm like, I'll be okay. Well, I ended up doing, flailing my arms backwards, and I hit my, my elbow right here on the sheet metal and just whoo, opened it right up. Just nice, nice slice, right? And my, uh, my brother-in-law and father-in-law were there. We're talking, and, and I'm like, I need a towel. I think my Theo was there, and we, we got a towel, and we just put it on there. I'm like, and they were helping. I'm like, well, I need to go to the ER, I'll be back, right? So I go to the ER to get it checked out. And as I'm there, I mean, I'm a sissy when it comes to just open wounds, blood thing, right? And I made sure the nurse knew that because she, she and her treatment of me wanted to be gracious and wanted to help me. So she got the saline solution out. What was she going to do with that? Flush that thing out. I'm letting you know, it doesn't necessarily feel great, but I knew it was necessary and I knew it would heal. But before I said before I let her do that, I said just let me lay down all the way because otherwise I'm going to pass out, right? And at, of course, as I'm doing that, I'm laying backwards and I start to kind of roll my eyes back in my head and go back because I I don't know I'm even getting the hot sweats right now. I don't like it, right? <laughs> Guys, stop talking about it. Just be quick to s- just quiet here. Whew. Okay, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's good. Wow, that's good stuff. <laughs> but that's all did the trick got it in there, and it, it helped the wound. It hurt, it was uncomfortable, but she was am- she was amazing. I didn't matter, or I didn't matter. Her, her bedside manner was wonderful. She took good care. She knew me personally, and, and that helped a lot. It just, there was a relationship there. So when you have that relationship, you have that graciousness, you can introduce salt. You season it with salt. We, we should help one another. We should spur One another on. And I I would tell you this, even last week, there were several times, oh man, more than several times in conversation, where I was encouraged by you, and I hope I encouraged you, where we were like, you know what, let's just, we probably shouldn't be talking about this. Let's, you know what, let's not, let's not say it. Or you know, we don't really know all the facts. So many times, right? And that that can be difficult, right? If I cut you off midstream as you're sharing all the gooey details about someone's life, you're gonna take offense to that. I want you to know I love you. I care about you, and that we shouldn't speak like that. And, and I'm going to say that. And, and I want you to love me, and in that care and that graciousness towards me, I want you to let me know not to speak like that too. I, we need to hold each other accountable. You know, well, this is one of those really difficult areas of our, of our life, isn't it? I, I think so often, I, I told you last week how, how I didn't want to do this sermon series and how, how for so long it's been written on my board or written in my notes. Like it's been, I am mean, years in the coming? Years in the coming that I've, just, I've resisted doing this. Why? Because I feel like I need to, just, to figure it out on my own first. I'll figure it out, and I'll be able to speak the way I need to speak. I'll, I'll speak rightly, right? And, and I'll go to the Word. And, and it just, it, it's helpful, and I think I've been renewed in many ways over the years because I've been progressively being sanctified in the image of the Son. But when we're all doing this together, it makes a big difference. And I would, please, I would implore you, in graciousness, right? First thing is always just be quiet. Think through, but in graciousness, use that graciousness seasoned with salt to build each other up and to, and to put people back in the right attitude and the right relationship with other people. I, I'm not saying stop going to lunch after church. I'm not saying stop having conversations. I'm saying be watchful over one another because in doing that and, what, and being watchful in what you and I say, we are actually being watchful of one another's heart as well. We're being watchful of our witness. I think, you know, last week I shared the idea, the, the idea, the, the scripture of the rudder. And I, I mentioned this, that, that those little small course changes right now, just a little small one, not a big one. And those, here's what those small ones look like. Those small ones are, well, I, I talk that way with these people. I, I'm in good company here. I, that's how I speak. I want you to realize that that course change that happened hundreds of years ago, potentially in the church, has brought you and I, as believers in Christ, to a totally inappropriate destination. What we say, how we say it, the information that we give that we shouldn't, is in an entirely different and inappropriate place than we ever should have been. And I just say that as a blanket statement because I know it's true of me, and if it's true of me, it's got to be true of you and I both. And I bet there are a lot lot of people that are great at this and you're not struggling with this. But it is a very, very difficult thing. So my my encouragement is let's struggle together. Let's be accountable to one another. And when when a brother or sister in Christ who will do their very best to be gracious to you when they say, let's not talk about that, please don't get defensive. Please don't get mad. Please don't stop talking and then go talk to your friend behind their back about how mean they are. That's the opposite. We're trying to make course corrections in our heart that will affect what we say, how we say it, and what we share, how much information we share. And the last thing I want to be is careless in what I say. Amen? Let's move on. Building up others according to their needs that I might give grace to those who hear. Right, We're gracious and seasoned with salt. Proverbs 2.20 says, The tongue of the righteous is pure silver, or very valuable. The righteous person, when they speak, when they're gracious, that's of great value. But the heart of the wicked has little value. The lips of the righteous feed many. And you and I should take it as such. When someone comes to us graciously about about an issue and they're seasoned with salt, we we should let that be food for our soul. We should take it to heart. But fools die for lack of sense. I don't want instruction, and we just die. Again, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Psalm seventy-one. I love this attitude. It's a it's a prayer from the heart. I I will will hope continually. I will hope. That's the kind of speech I want to have. Is continually hopeful. I will hope continually, and and will praise you, God, more and more. My mouth will tell about your righteousness, about your salvation all day long, uh, though I cannot sum them up. Like, there's, if you want to know about something that could never be covered entirely in the course of time we live on this earth, it is about God's righteousness, God's power, God's salvation. There's so much to be said about that. So if you like to talk, talk about that. Talk about that. I come because of the mighty acts of the Lord God. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. God, you have taught me from my, my, my youth, and I still proclaim your wondrous works. Even when I'm old and gray, don't look around the room, that's, that's judgment. Even when I'm old and gray, God, do not abandon me while I proclaim your power to another generation, your strength to all who are to come. Our, the way we speak to one another needs to be about this, about speaking about the power and the righteousness of God. And by the way, you and I aren't God. So when you think I should, I'm should, i speaking in power and authority and judgment like God would, no, you're not God. He's God. Speak about His power, about His righteousness. Speak about that. Let, let, your, let praise be on your lips. So here are some questions to ask. As you are being careful to be seasoned with salt and be generous to one another, here are some questions that you and I can ask. Ready? Before I speak... I can ask, will this build up or tear somebody down? Will this build up or will this tear somebody down? Will it encourage or will it unnecessarily discourage somebody? I say unnecessarily because sometimes when I'm confronted with my sin, it's a little discouraging. But I think it's necessary for me to be confronted with my sin. But will it unnecessarily discourage someone. Next, would I be ashamed if God heard me say this? Would I be ashamed if God heard me say this? Next, am I speaking just so the conversation can remain centered on me? Am I talking just to talk? Will my words honor God? Will my words bring praise and glory to God? Will my words proclaim His majesty and His power and His righteousness? Will my words honor God? Careful talk is gracious talk seasoned with salt. It's interesting, we, uh, we think about language. And I, I, when I was a youth pastor, I don't, I don't think I shared it here last week, but when, when I was in a conversation with kids about their, their language, about how they talked, I, there, it was just, it was funny to speak to, to children, really children, right? Teenagers, not adults, are living at home. And they would say, I, I just can't help it. I, I cuss all the time. I can't help but doing it. Oh, you cuss around your mom? Well, well no. Oh, okay. So, okay, you can help it around your mom. How about your dad? Oh, he'd knock my teeth in. Oh. Okay, so it sounds like we're, there's, there's promise here, right? <laughs> it sounds like you, you don't do it at home. Yeah, yeah. Do you cross around your grandma? I would never do that. <laughs> okay. You see where I'm getting here? We might think, I, I just I can't help it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Biggest help? What, what have we learned? Biggest help is what? Shut your mouth. Just stop speaking. Don't, don't say it. Unless it's gracious, seasoned with salt, it's going to build someone up, it's going to honor and bring glory to God, don't say it. There's not a neutral word. Remember last week, not a neutral word that you and I will ever speak. Finally, number three. We talk about being careful what we say. We need to understand that careful talk is pleasing to Christ. Christ. Careful talk is what is pleasing to Christ. So we finish up in Ephesians 5, 20 and 21. It says, we're giving thanks always when our speech, when we sing hymns to one another, we're always being thankful. We're giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. What does this mean? It means I want to honor Jesus I want to obey Jesus. I want Jesus to smile when I talk and not frown. And, and, and listen, I, I get it. You may have your conversation after church. You may go and, and start talking, and someone say, well, well, Pastor Brandon said we shouldn't, we shouldn't do that. You'd be like, I don't care what Pastor Brandon says. He ain't God. He ain't my boss. Yeah, I'm way older than him, or I, I'm way more mature than him. Wh- whatever you might say, whatever you might say about me. Fine. Leave me out of it. I want you to ask yourself, and I want to ask myself, is what I'm saying actually pleasing to the Lord Jesus? It doesn't matter if it's pleasing to your friend. That's how we get in trouble sometimes. I want to be a people pleaser. I don't care if it's pleasing to your husband or your wife. I don't don't care if it's pleasing to your doctor or if it's pleasing to your sister or your, your kids. I don't care if it's pleasing to me. The question is, is what you're saying pleasing to God? is what you're saying pleasing to God. We should we should endeavor to do whatever is pleasing to him, right? And that's this renewal that happens. We we are renewed in Christ, we're made new so we can be pleasing to God. It, it pleased God to die on the cross for the things we say. It pleased God to suffer so that you and I could be forgiven. And it pleased God to do that and rise to newness of life to to prove that He conquers death so you and I could have life and have a hope for eternity. It pleased God to indwell us with His Spirit through faith in Christ so that He could help you and I get rid of the old person and we would come to life in Him and produce a fruit that's consistent with His Holy Spirit so we could then be pleasing to Him. Colossians 3, starting verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on or clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. You see this this new life we have? It's rooted. It's rooted in in what Christ has done for us. And when we come to faith in Him, we forgive because we are forgiven. We love because we were first loved by Him. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were called in one body, rule your hearts. This is going to be important in the coming weeks as we talk about where does this anger come from? Where does this slander come from? What is going on in my heart? What's welling up inside of me? And if it's the peace of Christ, we're going to have a lot fewer issues to deal with. But if it's if it's the discontentment of man, if it's the moodiness that comes from me not getting my way, watch out. Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule to what you were called, let that rule your hearts, and be thankful Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms. Here we are. Through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or in deed. This is important, right? Careful talk. We know careful talk is pleasing to Christ. So whatever we do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We do everything in reverence to Christ, in fear of Christ, in thanksgiving to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We do everything in the name of Christ. We do everything through Him. We do everything we can to be pleasing to Him. Proverbs 15 says this, The sacrifice of the wicked is detestable to the Lord. You, you and I come and we bring our sacrifice, our praise, and we're just worshiping and singing Jesus songs. And and then, out of the same mouth, we walk out of here and we put each other down, we slander one another, and we gossip, and we use foul and coarse language. We're flippant with our with our communication. The sacrifice of the wicked is detestable to the Lord. What I'm saying is that doesn't please God. That doesn't make God smile. But the prayer, right? The prayer is from the heart of the upright is his delight. The prayer of the upright is his delight. You know how many prayers I've had to have this week? I mean, it's increased so much. I, before I've spoken, before I've had to think through, God, what would be pleasing to you for me to say? What would be beneficial for someone else for me to say? More often than not, I talked a lot less, by the way, this week. I don't know about you. So do we bring the sacrifice of prayer and of praise? Because that's what God wants. Psalm 19, a beautiful psalm. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Right? We, 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 hey, we mess up. That's why this, this sermon is about the careless words. It's not the intentional word. It's careless. Who perceives the unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. That should be our prayer. God, I, I don't even know how I'm careless, but I'm sure I am. Help me. Help me to see how I'm careless. Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins. This goes deeper. Do not let them rule me. Then I'll be blameless and cleansed from blatant rebellion. And here's the prayer you and I need to pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's the prayer of our heart. Psalm 51 says, Lord, open my lips. And if you open my lips, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Careful talk pleases Christ. Careful talk glorifies God. It brings honor to Him and praise to God. So be careful. Let's you and I this week be careful what we say. Let's stand together as we continue to worship and give praise to God and pray. Father, Thank you so much for this time to be together. God, as difficult as it is to hear your word in these ways, Lord, I pray that that your word would just penetrate our heart in a way that we desire to not be careless. We desire to be renewed and and to be transformed and to be checked, that we would be careful in the way we speak, that God, we would would desire that our, our speech is generous and gracious and building up others and it's seasoned just right with salt to preserve and heal, to build up. And God, that our our speech would be speech that's careful and and gives you praise and is pleasing to you. We want to honor you. God, we don't need to be people pleasers. We don't need to be pastor pleasers. We need to be God pleasers. Help us to do that well. And God, now as we go into this time of worship and singing, may may the words of our mouth, God, and the meditation of our heart be acceptable to you, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.